0: Radio,
1: your gamer's role. www.d20radio.com.
0: Well, well, what have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Theta. Welcome to the One is a Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren,
1: And I'm Jessica.
0: Welcome to episode 63 of the One is a Thetis.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Also, welcome back me. I didn't get to be here last time.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. Jack had a lot of cool things to talk I about. I
1: know, it sounded so cool, but
0: hmm. alas. Alas. Grad school is uh, is an adventure for you.
1: It is Sitting on my head and crushing my skull, but yes, it is a good adventure. That's
0: the experience of grad school that I've gotten from just about everybody I've, I've known who's gone yeah. to grad school. Yeah, so right. I'm
1: hearing that it's pretty far for the course.
0: Fair enough. Well, this time around, we of course are talking about a background, and uh, the polls really took off as soon as we put them up. It was very clear who was going to win, rather, and I'd say rather immediately. Um, we of yeah. course are going to be talking today about the Ander Survivor.
1: Yeah, this got uh, three more than three times the number of votes of the second place option.
0: So, I'm glad folks are super excited to talk about the Anderfels and you should be. Anderfels is really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, good stuff to talk about, uh, about it. Fair warning: we are going to be refer we are going to be saying Anders an awful lot in this adventure, uh, but we are referring to the people, uh, the ethnicity, the and- uh, as in like the Anders. All those Anders. See, all those Anders that we know from the Anders. Not all
1: those chantry floating mages.
0: <laughs> None, no, nope, Who nope. missed their cats. Mm-hmm. Yarp. Yarp, yarp. Yark.
1: <laughs> you think maybe he wouldn't have done that if they'd let him keep his cat?
0: I spells we'll never know now.
1: Forcer pounce a lot.
0: See, kitten would have saved the world. Or, honestly, someone else might have done something else to spark things. But, you know, we'll never really know. We'll never really know. Um... But we'll be talking about at least uh, a little bit of Anders' ancestry uh, in the Anderfels. And we've got a full show for you this time around, which is exciting. We, ha- we haven't had something to fill all of the segments, just didn't see for a while. So we- we've got lots to talk about today.
1: We're pretty juiced about it. It's going to be great. Juiced.
0: All right. First, we want to give a shout out to a couple of, other, of our uh, fellow podcasts in the D20 Radio Network. Uh, the good folks of the Dicewell Podcast are discussing an important topic to any RPG game and player player archetypes.
1: Ah, uh, yes, that's a it's a pretty vital one if you want to have mm-hmm. a successful table.
0: I'm kind of surprised we haven't touched on it ourselves. We might I think we uh, have. Have we?
1: I think we have. I think we talked about it in our GMing. Episode. I want
0: to say we touched on it. I don't know. I've slept we... since then, but <laughs> fair enough.
1: I'm pretty sure we've talked about it at least some.
0: I remember I wrote down a lot of player archetypes, but I don't know that we actually used them or not. It's been a while. God, it's been years since we did that episode. Has it? Yeah. Time's
1: just kind of flowing I mean, together uh, now. I
0: guess like the episode that was specifically about GMing the Dragon Age RPG I just did with Logan, and that there was, was a, another one before that. Was after that, four.
1: there was another like a, something for your game for I um, don't know. Okay, I'm sure that we <laughs> talked about it. Don't don't make me. I put so much brain power into other things this week. It's all
0: gone now. It's cool. It's cool. So, uh, luckily for us, then the folks at the Dice Pool Podcast have done the heavy lifting for us. They're going to be talking about they're going to be talking about player archetypes and focusing on getting to know your players better and catering to their needs at the table to make the game more fun for everybody. And honestly, what more could you ask for?
1: Yeah, I mean that's pretty vital. It doesn't matter how good your story is if your players are uncomfortable or having some sort of, like, interpersonal issue. Like, mm-hmm. did, yeah, the games, that part's gotta come know, first.
0: If the game's just not fitting in the slots, then folks just aren't going to...
1: Well, it's not even the game. If the players aren't able to mesh correctly... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it's not gonna work. So it's good that they're covering that.
0: Yes. Uh, also, our friends in the Movie Defenders are defending Tron Legacy... Apparently the film did not do well in its first weekend, and the reasons why apparently have little to do with the movie itself.
1: Uh, Full disclosure, the only thing I know about Tron Legacy is that Daft Punk did the soundtrack, and I really enjoy Daft Punk as a band, so...
0: Daft Punk is very enjoyable as a band.
1: I like Daft Punk a lot, you guys.
0: I haven't actually seen Tron Legacy. I
1: haven't either. I just know that Daft Punk did the music.
0: (laughs) I haven't even seen the first Tron. But I guess it was a bit before my time.
1: Mm. I think I've seen it. It's been a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. So, go check out our friends at the Movie Defenders who will be uh, defending Tron Legacy and Her friends of the Dice Pool podcast who will be talking about player archetypes. Yes. Uh, and for the first time in a little while, uh, we've finally got something to talk about This Week in Thetis. You aren't worried I'll just make it up as I go? Not at all. You'll need to hear the whole story. Welcome to This Week in Thetis. We've got, uh, a special announcement to make. Not necessarily something that has to do with the Dragon Age RPG, at least not until fairly recently. Uh, December 4th is going to be a special fan day for Dragon Age. Just be calling it Dragon Age Day, except for replacing the A with a 4.
1: Unless you want it to be Dragon Forge Day. <laughs> Dragon
0: Forge? Ooh, I like that. Uh, there is But, uh, Dragon... see, so Dragon Age Day, December 4th, is going to be, uh, a day of celebration of this franchise, uh... And there's going to be a call to, uh, to make submissions of art, fan fiction, memes, and more.
1: I believe uh, we've made a little bit of each of those things at this <laughs> point.
0: I think so, yeah. Uh, the organizers of this fan celebration of the series are putting together a video filled with fan creations to share with Bioware and thank them for all their hard work. Uh, celebrations are going to include writing, art, and meme celebrations. Art and writing prompts and challenges, which are actually ongoing right now. They are having weekly challenges, leading uh, weekly uh, writing challenges for Dragon Age fan fiction, fan fiction writers uh, on the weeks leading up to Dragon Age Day. Uh, there'll be Twitch live streams. There's going to be Dragon Age fan videos, Dragon Age art and memorabilia auctions, and giveaways.
1: Can I just say how glad I am that memes have their own category here? Heck yeah. Like I believe you made one of those, you know, blank <laughs> intensifies. Oh yeah. With uh, I put uh, we put sandal, sandal enchantment intensifies, and he's just like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's
0: just, just vibrating good. dangerously. Uh, This event will also be collecting money through donations and during the auctions uh, to benefit Child's Play, an organization that, in their own words, seeks to improve the lives of children in pediatric hospitals and other child welfare facilities through the kindness and generosity of the video game community and the power of play. Uh, While we here focus, of course, on tabletop RPGs, it's not a big leap uh, to go to video games, especially when we're talking specifically about (laughs) Dragon Age, which, you know, was a video (laughs) game to begin with.
1: We're also uh, pretty big fans of, you know children's welfare and yes things that are going to work to make children's lives better so say the children anything anything working with that is going to be Right up our alley. Mm
0: -hmm. You can just make straight donations to the organization. Uh, They have a link that can take you directly to the organization's website if you want to just go straight to them. Uh, They're, of course, taking submissions of donations as per the event, just so that we folks can see how much was raised for the event. Uh, And I understand that the proceeds for the auctions for uh, art uh, and other Dragon Age fan-made memorabilia is going to be collected for for that charity. So, so, we get to celebrate Dragon Age and promote a good cause. Sounds uh, pretty good. And as an added bonus, I actually spoke to one of the uh, organizers for the event. Uh, I asked them how we could have our podcast uh, and see how I could, would like, because I, I didn't really have any art. I didn't have any fan fiction. So, I was like, could I Make just memes. share the podcast? I do have a meme. I have one meme. <laughs> I can share that one meme. But, um... So, I talked to them about it, and of course, they said, thank you, we'll try, we'll figure something out. Uh, feel free to promote us on, the, on your podcast. Um, I also came up with the idea that maybe we could extend the uh, invitation, uh, the extend like the call to action to make stuff for Dragon Age 2 Dragon Age RPG adventures. Yeah. Uh, they seem to like the idea, and they've talked to the other, and say so they've talked to the other organizers, and they seem cool with it. So, you hear it, you heard it here first. Potentially, if hey. they didn't be if they didn't beat us I on mean, Twitter, maybe yeah. Twitter happens pretty quick, uh, but they are also going to be uh, taking submissions for Dragon Age adventures that have been written. I've already got one of those I can put in. Uh, Andy, you've got uh, if you want to, of course you can. You could potentially submit uh, Black Wings on a let's see, Silver Wings on a black wall, um, and actually the thing that we're going to be having in the distant verses could potentially be submitted if no. that person, of course, listens to the podcast. Yeah.
1: Now, are we allowed to? To tell this before they do, are we gonna get?
0: I don't see. I mean, they they said to go ahead and put it on the podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I honestly, I would not be surprised if they beat me to it on their on their own. I mean, yeah, that's probable. So, uh, and of course, before you make any submissions, uh, please go to their site, uh, which is Dragon Age Day, but with a four instead of an A. Uh, dot com to see the rules for submissions in the various mediums, because there are some rules.
1: Gonna hazard a guess that your pornographic soul of Ellen art is gonna have to stay in your folders and not get presented to that them. That is
0: a you thing. You That's gonna be me. a you
1: thing, friends, but boy do a lot of you put that
0: on uh, Tumblr. Oh man, it's everywhere.
1: Boy, I don't understand, but I love y'all anyway.
0: <laughs> so... Uh, we hope that you will all join us on Dragon Age Day. I might try and organize something special. Uh, I believe it's a Tuesday or a Wednesday this year. Uh, we might be. I was thinking, you know, there's going to be Twitch live streams. Maybe we could do one. Now, see, now that we're uh, see, now that we're already, of course, talking about uh, fan creations, we'll come back to fan creations later in the distant verses. But for now, we're going to open our books to the Codex. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I?
1: It's like you got partway through that segue and then realized that it wasn't going to work no, because nah. uh, Dissonant
0: Versus wasn't next. But I saved it, right? Um, Sweet save. Sure you Perfect did. Perfect segue. We're out of 10, pro- se- 10 out of 10 would segue again. We get paid to do this. We're professional. We do now. get
1: paid to do this. God, guys...
0: Thank you, patrons. We very much appreciate it. We do. We, we hope you're enjoying the show.
1: We do. Gosh, I, I hope. <laughs> I hope we're doing enough for you guys. You guys are amazing.
0: So, uh, we got two questions to cover on the Codex this time, and they both come from, uh from Michael Garrett through our email. Hello again, Michael. Hey there. Got uh, uh, this man. So, so, first question that uh, at, uh, Mr. Garrett sent in was: uh, This may sound strange, but I need advice on how a Templar can defeat a mage. In a small area, I see it being possible, but in a field or a large area, it is hard for a warrior with the Templar specialization to catch up to a mage whose speed is much higher due to Templars wearing armor. Range weapons could help, of course, but Templars can only drain mana from melee attacks. I suppose I can use the speed rune you created and it's a you created on a horse, but am I missing something here?
1: I think it very much depends on a few things. Mm-hmm. One, it sounds like you're trying to capture the mage rather than defeat them. You're assuming they're just running away, I guess?
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's probably the issue of um, like that. Calion was able to just outrun the folks in the uh, in the arena. Yeah, swipe, but like we far, struggled far with
1: the Templars in our game, mm-hmm. pretty pretty noticeably. Like they their ability, of course. Granted, we were dealing with a like I'm a buff. I was a buffer and a healer. Mm-hmm. So their ability to turn off my buffs and my like heals over time and mm-hmm. all of that that was a big pain in the butt. That was rough. But uh, I imagine with a more range like in a primal a primalist with mm-hmm. uh, maybe some focus in arcane lance mm-hmm. would be a bit of a challenge for a uh, gosh
0: for a templar yes um of course <laughs> guys i would really sorry. I'm so tired I, you're good um I mean honestly if they're being too fast put them on horseback yeah the horses are fast. Get a horse. Or you can. I mean, if you're chasing down a mage, they're probably going to bring horses anyway, because horses are going to move faster than people in full plate.
1: Mm-hmm. That said, if they have that uh, the stone ability, stones mm-hmm. throw.
0: Yes. Yeah. Good luck with that. Well, I mean, yeah, you're not going to catch a Dalish mage like that. No, no, it's not going to work out. Um, I don't think you're really necessarily missing something. This is uh something that we have had happen in our games, but it is not impossible to deal with of course um with let see unlike some other games that have kind of like standard speeds uh in this especially in this game in age games speed can speeds can vary quite a bit mm-hmm. and that can be used to good advantage but of course it's see unless the mage is particularly good at long ranges then the Templar then, then the Templar could at least like hunker down and wait for them to come back but if they're you know waiting if, they, if they're trying to uh uh whittle you down at range. You may have to find another altern- an alternate solution.
1: Yeah, you may need to just you know that might not. It might be a struggle when you're dealing with mages who are particularly fast and ranged, mm-hmm. which is sort of a niche group. Like, it's not it's a very specific group of mages, mm-hmm. but not meaning, a lot of
0: mages put a lot into dexterity. I don't yeah,
1: think. either bring a horse or bring a short bow, I guess. Mm-hmm and that'll you know it, it, it won't be your it won't be your
0: best fight but right. won't be able to drain mana with a, with a, with a bow but you you can still shoot them
1: yeah but in most cases like especially with higher level mages you're going to have mages who are trying to do ongoing effects mm-hmm. at mid range and things like that mm-hmm. so they will be fairly easy to you can cancel out their mid range abilities you can cancel out their over, you know, their damage over time, mm-hmm. and you can cancel out their buffs, it. and then your goal is to just get in there and whack them, mm-hmm. which is very doable with most mages. They're not that fast. Usually not. You can have some speed. Like Elven
0: mages can be a little bit faster.
1: Yeah. A little, I remember being fairly fleet-footed, but mm-hmm. not, not like, you know, a rogue or anything.
0: Right. And uh, don't of, co- of course don't forget that uh, if you use both the move minor action and the charge major action. You can st- you can move about one and a half times your speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and assuming that the mage is casting spells and moving, you might still be able to catch up with them like that.
1: Yeah, unless they're absurdly fast. Mm-hmm. And then they're probably not that good at spells.
0: Right. Probably say you know that's a fair point. It is a secondary uh, ability for mages.
1: That is true.
0: But, you know, you're probably going to have to come up with some ultimate solutions for fast mages. But, I'd honestly, I think the simplest one would probably just get a horse. Yep. Because you will definitely be faster than them on a horse. Uh, unless you're dealing with Callian. Callian's a rogue.
1: Yeah. Callian's a rogue. She doesn't count.
0: She doesn't count with the speed of, uh, in the mid-twenties, mm-hmm. I think it was.
1: She was moving at least nine squares per move, so. It was pretty wild. She was moving She's faster fast. than a horse. Gotta go fast. It's ridiculous.
0: Alright, next question from Nancy from Michael Garrett is uh, I was also thinking of creating a Silent Sister character. First of all, good choice.
1: That's pretty uh, That's pretty amazing. Uh,
0: Laura says they, for the most part, use their see, spoiler, uh, spoiler alert, use their fist. Spoiler alert. Nancy, um, for those of you who haven't read uh, Dragon Age The Calling, I believe, there's a Silent Sister involved. Uh, I mean, I think this is too much of a spoiler. Um, but there is a certain, In a particular novel, there is a certain dwarf that does a lot of damage with their punches and kicks. What do you think of a rogue dwarf with master level and unarmed style, dual weapon style, duelist talent, and assassin talent? Would this be breaking any rules, since no weapons are involved? I'm still working on the sign language thing with other players, but I wanted to know your thoughts. Love the podcast. Thank you. I don't hmm. think you would be breaking any rules.
1: Yeah, no. This doesn't yeah. seem like an issue.
0: Sounds like it tracks to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, technically your hands qualify as long as you have the uh, unarmed style. You, your hands qualify as... The only question is, mm-hmm. it says that for dual weapon style, it says that you get to hold one in each hand. Mm-hmm. Can you use dual weapon style while using unarmed style?
0: If I was GMing in, I'd say absolutely. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: But it's one of those things you might have to talk to your GM about yeah. if they're really specific. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't see that as at all problematic.
0: No. I think it would make an excellent and very dangerous brawler.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, if you are familiar with uh, a, a recognized sign language like ASL, then that would be a cool thing to use. Um, Just, you know, make sure you're being careful when using things like sign language because mm-hmm. it's a pretty important part of deaf culture.
0: It is. So
1: yeah just be cool yeah, just but it sounds research. amazing like
0: for sure I having mean,
1: this character
0: once you get I mean once you got both those specs and all those talents it's gonna be it's gonna be mean
1: yeah no i i, I love the silent sisters I think mm-hmm. they're super cool I just haven't gotten to see much of them
0: uh, as a possibility you might also consider if you have the fantasy age companion checking out the martial artist specialization they got written yes it's, it's actually rogues only so it would work out very well for a rogue Mm-hmm. Um, you get to add your, goodness, you get to add your uh, perception to damage rolls with with um, with martial arts weapons, which would include your fist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, getting to add two ability scores to damage is pretty sick. Of course, in Fantasy Age, they also let you add intelligence to all damage rolls as a rogue, as opposed to uh, Dragon Age, which just lets you add cunning to ranged attacks. But, if your GM lets you do that, add three ability scores to damage.
1: That's wild.
0: Wreck everyone.
1: (laughs) Say nothing. Wreck everyone. Oh,
0: yeah. That's how you do a silent sister.
1: That sounds pretty epic. Let us know if you do it.
0: Yes. Uh, thank you so much for the questions. And of course, those of you out there listening to the podcast, if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else, send a message to Podcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google, or SoundCloud accounts. Or send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums. Or send a message to Cot or Lease on the D20 radio forums. That's it. That's us. Says. We've got a full show, so we'll just go uh, full speed ahead into the Dissonant Verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to
1: worry about on this continent. <laughs> of course, but...
0: <sighs> Welcome to the Dissonant Verses. I have no idea how to spell the word dissonant, apparently. Oh, you,
1: yeah, you misspelled it.
0: It's... Whoops. Uh, we've got a good one, a really cool one this one, this time around. Uh, from Solo Ortega, on, let's see, on the green running forums comes an adventure in the Deep Roads, meeting an ancient being who seeks another. The heroes must brave demons, darkspawn, and perhaps their benefactor.
1: Whoa.
0: Uh, the adventure is called Delving Deep. The adventure does not state what level the heroes are supposed to be, but it is apparently designed as a kind of time-lapse adventure that helps the heroes grow in level and, wealth fast enough to get on with the action and not worry about the details. Hmm. Uh, it is a lovely adventure to look at. I actually have it up here so that you could see it. Uh, they, borrow, they borrowed some art, uh, Beautiful. but what I was really impressed by is that they actually managed to get like the right text.
1: This is so, very well formatted.
0: It looks like it just came straight out of a Dragon Age book.
1: Yeah, this is incredible.
0: Isn't that neat? Now you've got stat blocks and everything, and they're all and they all look so nice, and mm-hmm. everything fits into the page. You've got a couple maps. Yeah, this is exceptional. Well done.
1: This is a very exciting thing.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, Solo Ortega is okay with folks reading and linking this adventure as long as credit is given, of course. Support your artists.
1: Yes, definitely. If we find out that you're not giving credit, we're we'll going to find you. We're going to find you. And by that, I mean, boy, will we be cross.
0: <laughs> we'll be just heckin' grump. Mm hmm.
1: This is incredible. It seems to have a, like, a lot of. Uh a lot of stuff packed mm-hmm. into one thing but it seems like a lot like, of production uh, value. I'm betting that it would be a pretty wild ride from start to finish. Mhm. So, I I think we should try it out and I think y'all should try it out too and then we For sure. should uh I want to know what people think of it.
0: Yes. I'm excited. You can check it out on our resources for your game page under the adventures under the adventures pet tab and it is on one podcast at And of course those of you out there if you'd like to share your own custom Dragon Age RPG content you can send a message to once podcast at gmail.com You can send it to us through our Facebook Twitter Tumblr, Google+ or SoundCloud accounts or send a personal message to Cot the protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums or send a message to Cot or lease on the d20 radio forums. That's us still us. I've got some more submissions that have been mentioned to me by some other... see I have some other listeners of the podcast. And, and there's some cool stuff coming down the pipeline, so keep your eyes on this particular segment of the show.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, ready to tackle this mountain of the topic.
0: Mm-hmm. We've survived all the other segments. So I think we should talk about the Anders Survivor. This is the main topic for today. Is it fate or chance... So you're an Ender survivor.
1: This does not mean that you were in the chapel.
0: It does not mean that necessarily you survived Anders, although, I mean, I guess you could also do that.
1: I mean, making an Ender survivor that survived Anders would be...
0: That'd be pretty meta.
1: Like, the pun to end all puns, I guess, as far as character creation goes.
0: Yeah. That'd be pretty it.
1: good. would be really <laughs> silly and improbable, but, I mean, I'm not gonna complain.
0: All right. So turn to page thirteen on the core in the core rulebook, and you can see the background for yourself. Uh, but we'll go straight into it. And with first simplest question, what is an Ander survivor? And it's this is another one of the kind of the, kind of the quote unquote catch all backgrounds mm-hmm. uh, because this, this because the part PG was originally written expecting that Ferelden would be kind of the base setting for a lot of Dragon Age adventures. Uh, they wrote a lot of advent- backgrounds for people who aren't from Ferelden. And the mm-hmm. Ander Survivor com- comprises all people from, uh, from the Anderfells. Uh, you might tweak it a little bit if your character comes from a very specific set- uh, setting within the, and- the Anderfells. Or if it feels more appropriate to you, of course, you can always talk to your GM about toolkitting it. Um, but simply put, you're from the Anderfells, which is a dangerous and difficult place to live. Uh, is in the far northwest of Thedas, distant and remote from just about everybody who isn't mm-hmm. uh, Navarra or the Tevinter Imperium. Uh, it is the home of the Grey Wardens, uh, and it is one, the one place where Wardens maintain some important political influence. Uh, the Anderfels is also a place that has survived three blights. Woo! They've been hit very hard, uh, and, so, and it almost seems like by now the Blight has kind of seeped into the identity of the, Ander, of the Anders people.
1: Well, I mean, if they've got that many, uh, if they've got some Grey Wardens.
0: They've got a lot of Grey Wardens up there.
1: I mean, that when you've got Grey Wardens up there and you've got Blights up there, that's those two things have a tendency to really become the forefront of everything.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, the title says it all. You are a survivor because it is not easy to live. It's much easier to die than it is to live in the Anderfells. Uh, it, the, the climate itself is harsh and unforgiving, and the roaming-raving roaming, packs of Darkspawn don't necessarily help much.
1: No, they, they really don't.
0: Um, just like kind of like the Deep Roads, this place has never truly known an end to the battle with the Darkspawn.
1: hmm
0: So, uh, who in Dragon Age has this background? And the answer is very few major characters in Dragon Age to date have taken, would have taken this background. Uh, while Anders' father is from the Anderfels, he's, I think in most cases, mostly considered for Ferelden, and he would also technically have taken the apostate background.
1: Also, if your dad is from the Anderfels and names you Anders...
0: Uh, apparently that's not Anders' real name. Oh, okay. Apparently that's a nickname he got uh, living at the Circle, because he wouldn't tell anybody his name when he first moved there.
1: Oh, well that works out. Right. I don't actually remember
0: that, but... He was very grump. The only thing they let him keep was an embroidered pillow that his mom made for him.
1: I can't imagine Anders being grump.
0: Anders being grump, what?
1: That that just, could you? It doesn't really jive with my concept of him as someone who doesn't blow things up.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't do any of those things. He just likes cats.
1: He, you know, we've already talked about him too much. I don't know yes. why he's even coming
0: up this often. All right. Um, if we want to get deep cut, uh, Mistress Woolsey. Is sent to uh, the Warden Commander in Dragon Age Origins Awakening as a treasure. She's sent by the First Warden themselves and comes directly from the Anderfells. Um But slightly less deep cut and a bit more relevant, uh, those of you who have played Dragon Age, uh, the Dragon Age RPG adventure The Autumn Falls, probably know Kilina, uh, an Ander Gray Warden recruiter, one of the Orth people.
1: Yeah, I remember her.
0: Yeah, who we'll be touching on later because uh, those. Uh, Scars that she has on her face and those lovely patterns are culturally very important for her. Sounds good.
1: Let's talk a little bit about uh, how we mechanically be an ander survivor.
0: Uh, mechanically being an ander survivor, you are tough. Yep, that uh, plus
1: one to Constitution. Mm-hmm. I mean, can't really argue with that.
0: No, especially not one of the focuses. Then when you get to pick the, between two focuses that are pretty solid, Constitution, Stamina, always a good choice, and Strength, Climbing. In a place like the Anderfels, very likely to have.
1: That said, constitution stamina is (laughs) never the wrong choice. Never. It is always Mm -hmm. the right choice. As someone who was silly enough to wait to take it until late levels, it is the right choice. Take it.
0: It's good. Please do. It'll save your life a couple times. Um, You, of course, learn Ander and trade tongue. It's always nice to have a background that gives you more than one language. Uh, you can play a rogue or a warrior, and the Enderfels needs both. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a mage, you're probably going to be uh, a circle mage, or you're going to have to be a circle mage or an apostate, or maybe an escaped elephant slave. Mm-hmm. You're not that far from Tevinter.
1: Dalish?
0: This is maybe? maybe not... I haven't heard a lot about Dalish clans Dude, that's a pretty, uh, that's in the pretty That's Anderfails. pretty far away. It's also probably not a very hospitable place to live a nomadic lifestyle.
1: I mean be hard to move the Aravels around in that terrain. Yeah,
0: and the sand, and the rocks, and the dust storms, and the burning sun, and the darkspawn. Gross. Gross. Uh, The table benefits lend themselves well to being either a rogue or a warrior. The stat bonuses can get you a plus one to your dex, your strength, or your perception. Uh, The focuses are a solid spread, from cunning historical lore to dexterity brawling to willpower courage. The background builds you to be tough, which is good for both rogues and warriors, but maybe more important for rogues. Shore up some weaknesses.
1: I mean, you could argue either way. If you were building a tank, this is a great place to be from. It's true. If you wanted to be the the ultimate in guardians, this could mm-hmm. be a really good way to do that.
0: It's not a bad way to go. Uh, so, you're from the Anderfils. Uh If you take this background, let's talk about it a little bit. Uh... The history of the Anderfels is one of hardship and survival in a near post-apocalyptic wasteland. Originally part of the Tevinter Imperium, the Anderfels used to be called the Orthlands. Uh, in negative 695, Ancient is where the Anderfels distinguished themselves as a separate territory from Tevinter, and not just Western Tevinter, (laughs) but a country with its own name.
1: Western Tevinter. Uh,
0: in, in, uh, minus 535, I'm still not entirely sure how to actually, like, read that aloud, uh, 535 Ancient, uh, the Imperium claims enough strength to retake the Anderfells, uh, which means, you know, because of course they did. Uh, but a few hundred years later, of course, the most powerful mag- magisters in the Imperium entered the Fade physically with an impossible amount of blood magic and are casts back to the Earth corrupted and twisted the first darkspawn.
1: Way to ruin things, dudes. These
0: creatures would become part of Anderfell life until the present day, and even after the Grey Wardens come 90 years later, in 30, 305 Ancient, the damage to the Anderfells is impressive. The first blight uh, took its toll on everyone, and the Anderfells was not spared any violence. The damage to them was quite impressive. Uh, and of course, as this damage wasn't enough, almost exactly three centuries later, the second blight breaks out first in the Anderfells. In the heat of the Second Blight, the Grey Warden Fortress of Weisopt is overrun by Darkspawn, but by Cordelis, Dracon, and the Orlesian Empire's armies come to their, came to their aid. Uh, for this miraculous aid, the Grey Wardens converted to the Chantry, and the Orlesian forces that were kind of already there decided, hey, let's occupy. <laughs> so they stuck I mean, around. we were already here. <laughs> the Anderfels became Orlesian territory, uh, and the Anderfels as a whole also converted to the Chantry. This would also stick... Uh, in one, let's say, of course, this would be, in, they converted to the chantry in one thirty-three divine. In one sixty-five divine, they break off from the Elysian Empire as well, becoming independent once again. Uh, it is unclear exactly how much of the Anderfels had to deal with the Kunari invasions of the Steel Age, uh, but it is likely that the Kunari really didn't get that far across Latos, and probably wouldn't have found much to t- much to work with anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kunari tend to like things that are efficient and effective, and mm-hmm. the anderfels are neither of those things.
0: Not really. Um, after that the histories of the Andersfeld is, is pretty empty. And even even between, you know, we we jump from the Divine Age all the way to the Steel Age, and that's like six hundred years. So there's lots of empty space, which means that you could fill it. hmm Which is excellent for the role playing game. Make your own story. Mm-hmm We don't know where the later games in Dragon Age are going to be taking place. Um we might go far enough north that maybe we get to touch the Anderfels, but I guess we'll have to see.
1: It's okay. Change the cannon. Do whatever you want with you. Know, yes. Just play your game.
0: It's your game. Um, the climate of the Anderfells. Uh, they were probably a difficult place to live long before any darkspawn came along. Uh, the Anderfels is far into the north. And uh, as far as I can tell, probably close to the equator, because uh, Saharan and Parvalan seem to be fairly yes, tropical.
1: Yes, we are in the southern hemisphere of whatever this planet is that it is. Yes.
0: say it is. Uh, the weather and terrain of the enderfels is harsh and extreme, with the burning sun in the spring and summer and powerful dust storms in the cooler months. Farming is only possible during warm months, with food stockpiled while it can be grown.
1: Mm-hmm. It is a
0: difficult place to be in the first place, a dark spawn. Just makes it worse.
1: Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's probably still subtropical. Because mm-hmm. I think Parvalen is where you're seeing more of the. They mm.
0: like grow bananas.
1: Yeah, that's how you know that,
0: that's closer to the equator. <laughs> They're very excited about the bananas. Um, the blights and the dark spawn are a very important part of your of your I of an and under survivor's background, like it or not. The first blight broke out in the Imperium and spilled over to the Anderfells. The second blight began in the Anderfells, and the fourth blight saw the capital of Hosburg under siege by Darkspawn coming from the free marches. The blights and the Darkspawn are, in a twisted way, part of the identity of the Ander survivor. After three blights, the Darkspawn have never really left the Anderfells. It is understood by everyone who makes a life there that Darkspawn can appear anywhere at any time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bedtime stories for children commonly use Darkspawn as a bogeyman to scare them away from wandering too far from home. But this is quite rightfully truth. The Darkspawns still haunt the Anderfells, not unlike the Deep Roads and its inhabitants. Most people in Thetis likely have the luxury of never having seen a Darkspawn, but you are probably not one of those people.
1: Yeah, no, you have probably seen them.
0: Mm-hmm. Darkspawn only become more likely the further in you travel, and whatever t- small towns you find in the hinterlands of the Anderfells, they are filled with hard people and chantry zealots, fighting for their lives in a harsh environment only made worse by the nightmares that prowl the wastes. You might ask yourself, uh, what was the first time when was the first time your character saw a dark spawn and what happened in that encounter? Did you survive it? Did you survive it? Did you survive? I guess that's how you became an Andrew survivor. But I, 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 sorry, the question was how did you survive? Uh, did you become a rogue warrior maybe to defend yourself, your village, your family, or just to survive the dark spawn? Or, you know, your hostile environment. Uh, now, it's
1: probably a very popular reason to become a rogue or a warrior. I think that's fair. To continue to live in a terrible mm-hmm. place.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, of course, in this place that is chock full of Darkspawn, uh, it is also chock full of Grey Wardens. Uh, thankfully, the one surface nation with a constant threat is also the one that houses the headquarters of the Grey Wardens. Likely because they are key for survival in the NFLs and because of their relative power socially and military... Uh, the Grey Wardens are a somewhat political force in the Anderfels. The Anderfels do have a king, but the monarchy is weak, so most people turn to the Wardens for guidance and protection. Uh, the Grey Wardens are most numerous here in the Anderfels and have the most political relevance even as their numbers wane in other nations. Uh, every city and hamlet has at least some presence of the Grey Wardens for protection from the constant conflict with Darkspawn. And I imagine that a lot of the Dur- a lot of the Grey Wardens recruiting also takes place in the Anderfels.
1: Yeah, if you're um, someone who's wanting to be... Like, you wanted to play someone who was really wanting to be a Grey Warden. This is a good This is a good choice. Mm-hmm. Heck, you know, if you were wanting to be someone who, like, helped rediscover the Griffins, this would be a really good background for that. Suddenly everyone will want to hear your story because it'll have Griffins in it.
0: Heck yeah. Uh, now, the leader of the Grey Wardens, the first warden, is known to be too mixed up in local politics to spend all their time on their own, uh, working with their own order. Uh, They serve as an advisor to the monarchs, and this means that most wardens know that support from Weisopt is slow. Warden commanders of the various nations have plenty of autonomy to handle their own problems, and the first warden usually only takes notice uh, when matters of note come up, like blights or shifts in power. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But for the most part, a lot of wardens understand that if they're going to call for help, it's going to come slow, and you will likely suffer alone. Mm -hmm. Unfortunate, but that's how it is. Uh, and see, and of course, when uh, folks find themselves in foxholes, uh, a lot of them happen to find religion, and the chantry it would see, was brought to them by the Orlesians and never really left. Mm-hmm. Uh, even by Orlesian standards, the Anders are quite pious. Are quite pious. <laughs> that's the word. That is the what word. What did I just say? Pyrus. Pyrus. It, that's not the Anders are papyrus. No. <laughs> That, you
1: know, most people didn't even take the Undertale ref- reference. They just—they went for either. The They're bad just a bunch quality. of paper.
0: They're all just paper. Uh, in a place of desolation and constant darkspawn attacks, the people of Anderfels probably need something to hold on to, and faith probably helps them just get through their days. This yeah. gift of faith may be one of the only things that uh, they might be grateful for from the Orlesian occupation. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, now, uh, because the, uh, because the maker is such an important part of life in the Anderfels, the maker's law is often tied closely to the monarchy's law, so the law becomes the gospel the closer one gets to the capital. Uh, breaking the law can be seen as breaking the laws of the maker, resulting in harsh punishments. Uh, your character would have been expected to grow up with a strong faith in the maker and his bride Andraste. hmm Uh, the Anderfels are also home to many great works of art, mostly inspired by the Chantry. Uh, their creations of religious significance are sought far and wide by the devout, of the co- or, or, devout or collectors of fine art. Uh, though the creators of the Anderfels see little money of what they earn for their work, which is usually swiped by cardo men as a handling fee, they fetch very large prices in Orlay and the Imperium. Uh, the greatest of these works of art is known as the Merdane, a gigantic white statue of Andraste holding forth a flame. Uh, this work is hidden deep in the hinterlands of the Anderfels, requiring dangerous pilgrimage to lay eyes upon it. So it might be worth uh, examining how your character, your Ender survivor, expresses their faith. Because your character is very likely uh, quite uh, quite into the Chantry.
1: And if not,
0: then there's a story there. There is, yeah. Maybe it's why you're not there anymore. Well, I mean, if the I... adventure doesn't take place in the end Fells, of course.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's not uncommon for people who grow up surrounded by religion to occasionally find that it doesn't work for them and turn away from it. And Mm -hmm. if you're leaving your community, you may be one of
0: those. It's true. All right. Uh, These next little things are going to be some fun little factoids uh, that help build up uh, some potential plot hooks for you, which we'll also probably touch on a little bit later, Uh, and uh, could potentially help to your character beyond just saying that I am from the Anderfells. Uh, There's a town uh, in the Anderfels called Leish. Mm. It was once a port built to facilitate trade across the Volca Sea to the west of the Anderfels. Uh, which, tucked up here in the corner on the map here, goes off to the mysterious west. and The stuff mm-hmm. that we don't necessarily know what's past the Hunterhorn Mountains.
1: Which is weird because I've met the people in the Anderfels do. Because mm-hmm.
0: they trade there. It's true. They apparently traded with people who called mm. themselves the Voshai. Uh, they were dwarves and humans who brought strange boats filled with spices and materials that cannot be found in Thedas. Uh, despite the good trade, the Voshai were quite strange to the Anders. They refused to learn more trade tongue than they needed for trading. Uh, the dwarves of the ships were treated with such deference that it seemed that they held great power among their, among their society. And they even seemed openly hostile to the people of Laish, likely wishing little to do with them beyond trade. And apparently they traded obsessively for lyrium.
1: Mm.
0: They really needed that lyrium. Uh, eventually the boat stopped coming causing Leish to decline as a port uh, the towinter and see some uh Tevinter nobles got together an expedition to go looking for what see for this mysterious uh, people of the vushai but they never came back so, most, so the see the city of Leish just kind of fell into decline and people mostly forgotten about the vushai yeah, uh, although
1: there apparently have been some uh, rumors that the Bushai have returned.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of a massive cataclysm in their homeland, who knows what that could be? Blights,
1: um, blights, 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 blights. No, I hope not. Seriously, that would. Be yeah, sad. you
0: know, I I read about this in the uh, second uh, World of Thetis volume. Uh, I couldn't help but wonder if maybe it had something to do with the sky opening up here in 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 uh in Thetis,
1: oh no, there's oh. so many like fade <laughs> portals open over there, and nobody can close them.
0: What do we do?
1: They don't have they they don't they don't have an inquisitor
0: Sorry. Thanks, cat cat's drunk
1: unlike Anders, we did get to keep our cats
0: <laughs> we kept two of them.
1: I don't know uh how big a gift that is in this <laughs> moment, but.
0: Not always necessarily a great gift for podcasting. No. Uh, and another way that you could potentially d- distinguish your character from the other members of the Anders people uh, is to be member of the Orth. Uh, most people who know the Anders as people who live in the Anderfells, the Anderfells were not always called that. Uh, a culture exists in the wandering hills that kept the name of the country's origin, the Orth. Uh, the place was originally called the Orthlands. These people practice a distinctive scarification of their face, but it is unknown if they do this as a coming-of-age ceremony or something else. Uh, Kelina from the Autumn Falls Adventure is one of the Orth people from the Anderfells, and she has some lovely scarring. Mm-hmm. Uh, very artful scarring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's honestly got, I think, some of the best art uh, You probably can't show them. So, well, I can't show them, but I can show you. you uh, oh,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, she's pretty cool looking. Page 374 if you want to take a look. <laughs> got a snaplock too. She's pretty neat looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so feel free to take a look into that and use Kalina maybe as some inspiration for becoming an Orth. Uh, and before we let you go, uh, we've got a couple of plot hooks that we can let you and see that we can use to uh, spike, spark some adventure in the Anderfels or maybe bring the Anderfels to your uh, non Anders PCs. Uh The how about the strangers from across the Volca Sea, known as the Voshai, have allegedly returned. Your group has been tasked with finding a way to stow onto the boats of the Voshai mm-hmm. and return from their lands with knowledge of the West Lands beyond the Volca Sea. What wonders slash terrors await the heroes in this unknown land? Do they face the remnants of this massive cataclysm the Voshai speak of, or is that cataclysm still ongoing?
1: I mean, nobody's there to close rifts or fight darkspawn, mm-hmm. so probably not. If it's either of those things, you're going to have a bad time.
0: These are our great warriors, the <laughs> I'm trying to think of this.
1: what are you talking about?
0: this I was trying I was trying to think of like well, these are our gray wardens and see we don't have gray wardens. we have
1: uh, oh I like... was trying
0: to think of like another color that also sounds gray
1: like uh, I thought it was being clever. that's okay. I felt that.
0: Do you still love me?
1: I do, as it happens. That's good. I think you're still great. Yeah.
0: You want to read the next one?
1: Yeah. The heroes are hired to escort a small caravan who are making the pilgrimage to see the Mirdane. Chantry scholars, artists, and secular historians, along with those of other interests, are under the care of the heroes and a few other mercenaries. The trip is long and perilous nights carry the danger of dark spawn attacks and daytime is hot and brutal food is scarce to find and the scholarly types the heroes are escorting are not happy with their accommodations in the wandering hills of the Anderfells. when the heroes finally reach the mernain is all as it should be do the caravanners with other interests turn on the rest of the caravan over something can the heroes make sure everyone gets home alive and well
0: there's going to be a twist you know there's going to be a twist there better be there's always a twist turns out you became skeleton no you became darkspawn and raided us
1: no that's a bad twist
0: <laughs> uh, try a different hook let's try a different one uh the gray wardens have seized control of a small town not too far from Hosburg. the monarchy has tasked you with taking the rogue gray wardens down a peg and reminding them that the crown is in control behind the scenes the first warden watches to see how this plays out how well did the people take to having the gray wardens lead them instead of the monarchy do they resist the hero's rescue as much as the wardens do? What does the first warden do if this experiment of theirs goes well for the wardens? Will the heroes even side with the monarchy to begin with?
1: Mm. It, would, uh, it would depend, I guess, on your group.
0: There's uh-huh. so a few ways
1: that can go. Some, Even in the Anderfels you can have some political intrigue.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: How about this one? There are strange rumors of talking darkspawn in the Hinterlands, trying to convince people in a small hamlet that the Maker has freed them from their bonds to the Blight. Is this a trick of magic? Do they have any connection to the talking darkspawn from Ferelden? Is this a trick to lure unsuspecting victims to the clutches of a much more intelligent darkspawn, not unlike the Architect? I feel like that could be a high-level thing.
0: That probably could be. Uh, a young Orth ally of the heroes never got their scars, and is feeling guilty for leaving their people. They ask the heroes to help them travel back home to where they can earn their scars. Uh, their friend may need help with the trials needed to earn these scars, not to mention the dangerous journey and potential for complications involving Darkspawn.
1: Oof. That, those coming-of-age stories can be brutal.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially when you come of age with dark terrors from the darkest parts of the fade
1: i mean that is what dragon age is all about really
0: isn't that what we're all about and we'll kiss lots of people on the way
1: yep developing, growing up as a person kissing lots of people and a lot of death
0: and a lot of persistent gore
1: yeah that's pretty much it
0: that's pretty much it well, thank you for listening to the Wonders of the Thetist podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us at our new Patreon. If you support us with only $3 per month, you can get a vote on our Patreon-only poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. If you support us with $5 per month, you get to hear the episodes a week early on Patreon. Anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and in this post for your, for the show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. Feel free to leave a comment or a question, or even tell us how your Dragon Age games are going.
1: Please do. Please We really do. want to hear about your stuff.
0: Feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. It really helps us out.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, uh, Leish wrap this up, shall we? Um... I'm in grad school right now, and that's what I have for you.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll go with this.
1: Do you know how many papers I've done in the last two weeks?
0: I don't want to think about it. It's have a lot. You? I'm glad that you're surviving.
1: That doesn't even count.
0: That one, that one counts. That doesn't it's, count. It's it. not a pun, but you know, no. it's, it's very on brand for this particular episode. No. Anyway, this is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die.
1: This is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.
1: See you later. How to catch a cat.
0: Sweet pea. No. Yes. Scoop. It undid got scooped.
1: How to catch a bee.
0: Step one. Scoop. Step two. Burrito. Burrito. Step three. Profit. (laughs)